You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It's Monday, October the 26th. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And lots to talk about today. Of course, we've got a lot of football that we need to discuss NFL weekend was uh, was pretty crazy, incredibly entertaining. We had Habib Nurmagomedov walk off without his gloves. He put them in the middle of the ring. He is officially retired, and I don't think he's lying about it. So we'll talk about all those things, and we've got our Monday Night Football preview that we will talk about. We already went over it a little bit last week, but we will talk again as the game is just in a few hours. So we will uh, we will kick things off with that. But first... Our website, winningcureseverything.com, all of our picks, previews, podcast videos, and social media platforms are over there. You can find everything you need to. OB Matt already jumps in on YouTube. He said, yeet, yeet indeed, my friend. There we go. Um, yeah, the website, winningcureseverything.com, has got everything you need about us. I'm telling you, it's very simple stuff. Uh, we have a podcast exclusive on Sundays and a podcast exclusive on Thursdays. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. You can't get it on YouTube. You can't get it on Facebook. All those things. We uh, we will share it out, but you can only listen to it on the podcast. That's our, our college football content for WCE. Most of our college football content can be found over at sportsbookreview.com. The website is very easy. sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. And make sure that you subscribe to their YouTube page. We do shows on Mondays. On Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, that is our flagship show, our picks and our deep dives into the biggest games. And then on Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, of course, we go over the Closing Line show. So make sure that you check those things out and that you are subscribed to that channel. Or you can just find it here afterwards because we will post it in one of our playlists on the Winning Cures Everything YouTube page. Uh, With that said, Chris, how's your day going? Pretty good. Busy. Good. Very busy. Very busy. Yep. Uh, your football teams treat you well this weekend? Some did. Some did. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about all that. Let's uh, let's dive into this preview right quick. Let's talk about the Monday Night Football game. Fairly big game tonight uh, as far as playoff standings, as far as just everything. Everything across yeah. the board. Um, Matt said, mention Chris's OnlyFans page. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Matt. Uh, I, I did not know you had one, Chris, but hey. Whatever it takes to pay no. the bills, my friend. Listen, listen, I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> Me either. 
That's killing us. I love it. I love it. All right. Rams hosting the Chicago Bears this evening. We've got a lot of Bears fans that love to jump in here and um, and give us grief, even though we love their team. They, for whatever reason, feel like everybody is out to get them and everybody hates them, etc. Uh, here's the thing. The Bears, for the most part, at the beginning of the season, were a little bit fraudulent, right? They played some bad teams that had some very significant injuries at key positions, and they were able to take advantage of that. Now, one of the things about good teams is they are able to take advantage when another team is down, right? So it, right. it is what it is. But with that, I I kind of, not kind of, I like the Bears tonight a lot. Like, I think the Rams might be a little bit fraudulent. Now, they they were able to handle really bad teams, but it's all NFC East teams. That's it. Go ahead. That, Go ahead. Talk. That, I mean, that's, that's the fear. That's the problem is, is anytime they've not just played Good team, just decent teams. Some of these teams they've played outside of the NFC East aren't world beaters, okay? But but they've struggled with them all, and they only look good against the NFC East, and we are seeing not just how bad that division is, but just how putrid it is. I mean, it's just – it's a level of bad we've, we may have never seen in the NFL before. Yeah. Um, and so – I don't I don't want to call them frauds, but I just don't know what they are. I do think this Bears team has been appropriately tested and they have been found to be far better than I think we all expected. Even they, they know how to win close games. How's that? Yeah, that's it. Like they're not blowing anybody out. Okay. But this Bears team is tough. They yes. um, they are hard to kill. And and if you don't kill them, they're gonna come back and beat you. Oh, certainly, certainly. Uh, the two teams that they have lost to, uh, pretty good defenses, right? Lost at the Bills, lost at the 49ers. Uh, they got the Bears tonight. Bears, would we say, because of the losses that the 49ers have taken, I would say that the Bears are the best defense that they have played thus far. Yeah, I think so. And and with that, I mean, we saw it last year. You put this Rams offense, you put a little bit of pressure on Jared Goff, and he is he gets happy feet. I'll say that's that. Right. He doesn't know that's what right. to do with the football. He releases too soon. Uh, their offense does not run as effective when you get pressure on them. And I'm not a big fan of that Rams offensive line. So I am, I mean, I'm all over the Bears tonight. Uh, yeah, I am too. Catching six points. Um, you know, I just think it's too many points. And I think the Bears have a shot to win the game. I think they certainly do. I've got I've got a small, I'm, what, what's it called? What do we call it? Money line sprinkle? I yeah. got a money line sprinkle on the Bears, but I've also yeah. got them plus six. So I am all over that one. Uh, let's jump in the jump in the chat here. Uh, Matt said you can get all the picks you want on Chris's OnlyFans. Uh, Terry, of course, what up? Uh, what about the Saturday Night World Series game? Hey, fantastic World Series thus far. I've I've been a fan of these. I've actually watched uh, at least some, or at least the ending of all four games. So <laughs> I, I mean, it, I'm not a massive baseball fan, but this has been a lot of fun. Like it's not the it's not the best name matchup in the world, but uh, but it's it's been interesting. So Damien jumped in. He said, "What's up?" Uh, Damien said, "It's okay. Y'all don't have to pick the Bears because I'm here. I'm not going to bash y'all. Maybe the Patriots though." Damien, so much hatred. We just picked your Bears, and you gonna jump in with the Pats? How dare you? How dare you? Matt said, "Uh, now Terry's OnlyFans page. He shows you how to really turn some wrenches." And uh, and Terry, of course, talking about Chris's OnlyFans page. Uh, which is disturbing because usually you pay for clothes to come off, but you have to pay Chris to put them back 
Charge a double to put it back on. These guys are ridiculous, man. Just, just ridiculous. They, I love how they come in and just take over the show. You know, just take over the show. All right. So now that we are off of Monday Night Football, let's talk about what happened over the weekend. Habib Nurmagomedov gets a massive, massive win over Justin Gaethje. And, you know, triangle choke in the second round, he, I mean, there was all these all this talk about how he had broken his foot in camp. There was just, a, it was a really tough weight cut. It was all these different things. And they were talking about how the next fight was going to be his last one in the UFC. Turns out that was wrong. This was the last fight in UFC. He is 29-0. He has fought in the UFC organization 13 times. He is 13-0. He has three title defenses, uh, four title fights, won all of them easily. This was, uh, this was a bit surprising to see him go out at this point. But at the same time, maybe not. Like You and I talked about this last week. Habib is just a different dude. And, and when he says that he is going to retire, I actually believe him. So his reasoning in this was he promised his mother that he would not do this without his dad. Yeah. And he promised her that this was going to be his last fight. He has made millions and millions of dollars. He has a family to take care of back at home. He's got kids and a wife, and now he's taking care of his mother. He's got all of these different things. And and I don't think that he's one of these guys that chases fame or that, that chases... like I, I read an interesting article on ESPN. Right, so the big legend fight was always going to be uh, Habib against um, GSP, right, George St. Pierre. And they wanted to make this, and they wanted to see that. Those two guys are built very differently because they just want to be able to compete against each other, and they don't need the cameras and the crowd and the UFC and all the money. They would be, like, if, if Habib ever gets that competitive nature again, I think that they would be just fine showing up to an empty gym and battling it out with, you know, one guy that's keeping time. I think that's what they would want. And if if there is that fight, I think that's how it's going to go down. I don't think you're going to see either of those guys in the UFC again. It's pretty crazy. I think you're right. I agree with that. And, you know, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, great fighters retiring, and, and we're not going to see him anymore. We got 29 of them, and uh, he went undefeated. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. All right, so with that said, with him out of the lightweight division in the UFC, now this is obviously the most stacked, the most competitive division in the UFC. I I am curious, what are your thoughts on Conor McGregor against Dustin Poirier for the lightweight title? Uh, Gaethje, of course, was the interim title holder. He just lost it to uh, to Habib. It's going to take a little bit of time for Gaethje to, uh, to get back in the ring after the, the triangle choke and whatnot. But uh, Damien said Habib is retiring because he doesn't want to give uh, McGregor another fight because he's worried he might lose. I don't think that was it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think I don't think Habib's worried about losing a fight. This is a uh, hey, Terry. By the way, this is not White Claw. This is uh, Corona Hard Seltzer. So it's still whatever. one of those seltzer beers, it's, Terry. It's whatever. It's it, look. It's fine. It's it's fine. I don't have any beer left after the weekend. All right, so I'm drinking whatever I got in there without diving into the bourbon right now. So, it's a little early for me at this moment because I got some things to knock out, but I'm doing this. So, uh, so as far as McGregor goes, no, uh, I promise you this. Habib was not dodging McGregor. Habib hates everything about McGregor, and he would kill McGregor the second time. I would love to see McGregor win against Habib. 
But Habib is so much better than than any other fighter in that division. I mean, yeah. maybe in the UFC. Like, he's unbelievable. And it looked like he was only getting better. I mean, it's just unbelievable, his ability. Uh, he, switching from that arm bar into that triangle choke was just... It was it was an incredibly sick move, man. Like <laughs> to to be able to do that, and he decided that he was going to do that um, while he had the armbar, because he he had heard that Gate and he talked about this in a post fight interview. He had heard Gatesy say that he was never going to tap out that you were going to have to break his arm, but Gatesy uh, excuse me Gatesy's parents were there, and Habib decided he did not want to break Justin's arm in front of his parents. So instead, he just put him to sleep with a triangle choke. <laughs> like to be that talented, and and to be that uh, uh, meticulous with with your movements. I mean, it's just insane, just absolutely insane. So it, off of Habib, though, the McGregor Poirier fight, uh, putting that as the title fight, and then you've got all these other guys that you can eventually pair against them. Like if if McGregor ends up with the belt again, I think that's nothing but good for the UFC. But is it good if if he doesn't continue fighting? Like, does he take this fight and then just, like, disappear for a year again? So that's that's the problem. If you're Dana, you don't want McGregor to win the belt. One, title fights are always good fights anyway. They always sell better uh, pay-per-views than non-title fights outside of McGregor. So why would you not want two cash cows instead of one? And, and so, cause you know, anytime Dana fights, you don't need those extra two rounds. You're going to, you're going to sell massive numbers for, for the, uh, not Dana, uh, uh Connor, um, Dana's going to sell massive numbers for, uh, for pay-per-views for every McGregor fight. All right. You're going to do better numbers for other title fights as well. The problem you get, if McGregor gets the belt, me and you talked about this a little off air last night is Dana doesn't control Connor the way he controls all the other UFC fighters. When yeah. you have a belt, he likes to be able to tell you who you're going to fight and when you're going to fight them because you have to defend the title. And Connor ain't listening to nobody. And Connor's going to fight who he wants, when he wants at this point in time in his career. And if he ends up with a belt, then that's just another problem for Dana to have. Has has McGregor ever actually defended a title? I don't think he has. I don't. I don't know. I mean, when he won the second belt and he was a a double champ, I think his belt was on the line. So technically, he did. Well, no, because that that, belt, that was right? that. Oh no, because he went up in a different weight class. So yeah. no, his belt wasn't on the line. I I don't know the answer to that, Gary. I don't think. I don't, it, I don't think he has. Him. I remember him fighting for a lot of belts. But I don't remember him defending any of them. I feel like they all get stripped from him because he won't fight after he wins it. Well, so after after the win over Aldo and he got that belt, then he he was going to fight somebody and he fought Nate Diaz. He ended up and, fighting. He moved but, up, but he moved up to fight Diaz. Yeah. Diaz. So so his belt wasn't on the line for that no, one. That's right. That's correct. So then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he wanted the uh, the Diaz fight again. Yep. And so they they. Made that work. Well, then he moved up a class uh, to 155 to fight Eddie Alvarez, and he took Eddie Alvarez's belt. So he was the double champ in that. Yeah. And then and then he went off and did the boxing thing. They and, st- that's when they stripped the belts from him because yeah. he wasn't fighting for a while. Like, no, this is the problem. I, th- this is why if you're Dana, you don't – I know that the ratings say you want to – 
he's going to get ratings anytime Connor can fight. The problem is, is you can't control when Connor wants to fight and who Connor wants to fight. But when you're the champ, you don't get to handpick your opponents the way Connor wants to do it. Yeah. You have to fight the number one contender. You have to fight the next man up every time. And I don't think Connor wants to do that. But at the same time, if you, if you make that fight for Connor and say the winner gets the belt and Connor wins it, I don't know what you do. Well, at so, the same time, like, how do you, if you don't give Connor a shot at the belt, like, do you risk losing him and then you've lost that cash cow? Right. Well, what if, if I was, if, if, if I was there, because Gaethje just got beat by Habib, you got to give him a shot. But before, let's say Habib had retired before that fight, Gaethje would have been one of the number one contenders. But Gaethje would have had the interim belt. Like, he, he what, was already yeah. the interim title holder. That's right. What what I would have done, what I would do if I was Dana, is I would make the the Connor fight. The winner of that fight has to fight Gaethje. So now you get to push this thing out a little bit further without a winner, and you at least get two fights out of Connor before he gets a belt. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, what I would do. I would have Gaethje, because Gaethje said that he was fine. He said he's ready to go. Yep. He, he's ready to get back into camp right now. That's right. Um, I would have Gaethje and Dustin Poirier fight each other because those are the last two interim title holders in that division. Neither of them has lost outside of uh, Habib, and then you put Connor against Tony Ferguson, and, I'm okay and then go with from that. there. So, but Connor's already got the fight against Poirier right now. Well, it, it the contract didn't sign yet. So the the however you work this, you want to get as many fights out of Connor as you can. And that's the reason I would say the winner of Connor and Poirier can fight Gaethje for the title. And that way you're guaranteed two fights out of Connor. You've got that carrot hung over him again. So you know you're going to get a second fight out of him if he wins. And if he loses, then you try to get Connor to fight Poirier. And then you can say the winner of that fight, they can f- fight the whoever wins the belt. Yeah. I but think, not Poirier, I think, uh, uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. no, I know what you're saying. Uh, I've lost track so, of everybody now. But Michael but Chandler is the other guy. one. Um, you got four guys yeah. that, that are really in contention for this thing, and and I I think there's a way to at minimum get two fights out of Connor if you yes. work it right. But well, you got to have that carrot over him. If you just say the winner of the Connor Poirier fight gets the belt, you might not ever see Connor again. It is it is true. Um, so <laughs> I swear to God, these guys. These guys jumping in here talking about me drinking this. If you think for one second that I give a damn what y'all think about what I'm drinking, you are sadly mistaken, my friends. Good gracious. Terry all over it. Damien trying to jump in with seltzer beer is just soda. Look, yeah, it, it tastes a little uh, a little fruity. But you know what? It's got alcohol, and it's cold. It is what it is. So, um, Terry said, who's got odds on Gary having to take a piss because he's drinking so much girly water before the show's over? I'm uh, I'm out. I'm out. We are jumping into the NFL recap. Now, Chris, lots of big-time stuff. We we didn't really... I mean, we did hit on the Eagles and the Giants last week. We don't need to recap that one, right? Nope. Um, The Falcons, really quickly, it it is amazing how many different ways they can lose football games. They just continue to do this time after time. Todd Gurley, the only thing you need to know about this game is Todd Gurley tried to not score a touchdown, and by scoring the touchdown, uh, basically cost his team the game, which is such a weird thing to say, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, they guaranteed win if you don't score. 
but he didn't cost them the game at some point Agreed. in time. Yes, I know what you're saying. The, the Lions, the Lions made a couple of amazing plays. Stafford made some huge throws. Galladay came down with them, big time. Uh, the touchdown to to TJ Hawkinson that it was just, I mean, you know, the Lions it was entertaining. Had an opportunity. It was really funny to see the defensive player kind of push Gurley into the end zone and then throw his hands up like he scored. He scored. It's <laughs> the weirdest thing we may have ever seen in an NFL game. But it, it's know, weird. it is what it is. It is weird. Uh, would you say that the Browns and the Bengals was the most entertaining game of the day? Uh, yeah, it might be the most entertaining game of the year so far. That uh, was that game bananas. in the last three and a half minutes. There were four touchdowns scored. It was insane. <laughs> it was absolutely bonkers. And then, of course, uh, your boy Baker finds Donovan Peoples-Jones in the end zone for the game-winning score. Uh, it just doesn't get a whole lot better than that in the NFL uh, the bad thing is, you had to have Sunday ticket to be able to watch it if you weren't in either of those markets. So, well, I, I have Sunday ticket, so yep. I get to watch it, and and I don't mind. Um, this is why I pay for it, by the way. He, here's here's my problem with that game. I still don't know what to do with Baker. Okay, Baker started Agreed. the game off zero for five. His very first pass attempt was grossly underthrown and easily picked, and then Odell tears an ACL trying to make a tackle because Baker turns a damn ball over. All right. Now, late in the game, it took him almost the entire first half and a little in the third quarter before he finally gets his head out of his ass and starts throwing the football. But looking back at all the numbers, all the passes Baker made, all the plays he made, he made some big-time plays, made some big-time throws. Two of those passes went to his second read two of them he's still only able to make a first read pass and that's it he doesn't know how to read defenses they call a play they say who'd throw the ball to and that's who he throws the ball to out of all of his passes the good and the bad he was still only able to complete two passes to his second read isn't that crazy to think about that's a problem and at well, some I mean, point in time, all these flashy numbers and all these big-time plays that he did, he did make those big plays at the end of the game. He made them. Well, Jarvis made a lot of them. But he made big plays. Players, Other players caught the ball, but he's quarterback. He leads them down. At some point in time, somebody has to say, at what point do we say, man, the, the bad just doesn't outweigh the good? I What I'm so curious about is like – so I went back on Sunday for a little bit, and I watched some of his stuff from Oklahoma. And he was able to make reads. Like, he made, he worked through his progressions and found yeah, the open was guy. That shitty Big 12 defenses, Gary. Think Agreed. about how bad the defenses in the Big 12 were. Well, but it, I, I just, I know that the NFL is so much faster paced, but, man, it just seemed like he was able to, like, do, do you just not draft? I mean, you can't say you can't draft quarterbacks out of the Big 12. Like, how do no. you how do you scout this kind of thing? There has to be questions that you can ask. There has to be other things that you can do in an interviewing process. I mean, I, I know that most of these teams, when they do the interview, they're not doing a job interview like a normal interview, sitting and asking you questions. Most of them are asking you to diagram plays, diagram defenses. Most of them are, you know, some of them will, will give you uh, like a like a video of, of a play and say, what did you see on that? Like, what is this team doing? What do they look like? What are you? What are your reads? 
um, and, and things of that nature. I don't know if that happened with John Dorsey. I don't know was Baker able to do it in a film session, but when he gets out into a game, he can't. I don't know how much prep there is. Does somebody leak him? Hey, they're going to give you the this game film against this team, whatever. And, and maybe it's your own game, and so you've already diagnosed it, and so you know the answers to all the questions. I, I don't I don't know, okay? I know this. There are ways to tell because there's many, many scouts out there that'll tell you this guy can't read defenses. This guy that that's been a blip on other people's uh uh you know, a black mark on on other people's report card and grading in the past. So there's a there's a way for them to tell. I just don't know if Dorsey and the Browns did their due diligence to check that. Or if they said, We think this guy's an athlete, we think he can learn. We're not worried about it. Let's just get him into camp and and, and figure this thing out. Yeah, I'm, because he was able to figure it out Sunday. But that's yeah. against a real bad defense, man. Yes. I mean, that's a bottom five defense with the Bengals. If if Joe Burrow had any kind of a defense, I mean, he was thirty five out of forty seven, four hundred and six yards, three touchdowns. What I, I wouldn't give for Joe Burrow to be able to swap teams with Baker right now. Oh, it'd be incredible. If Baker was on incredible. the Bengals, they wouldn't have a win and they wouldn't have the tie. I'm just telling you, that's the fact. I, I, think, I don't know that the Browns right. beat the Ravens, and I don't know that the Browns beat the Steelers with Burrow. I know this, that Baker doesn't have the tie and the win that Joe has because Joe's had to make big, big plays just to keep his team alive in games. It is pretty insane. Uh, jumping into the chat here, Terry said uh, the Falcons are inventing ways to lose. It's actually incredible. Damien said the Cowboys are changing their names and mascot to poop. Uh, Terry said Cowboys got Velcro names on the back of those jerseys right now. Everybody's getting hurt. Then Damien, of course, trying to jump in and say that Baker should be the Patriots quarterback so they can bench him. Uh, and Terry said Cam is still going to start, but he's not looking good. We'll, uh, we'll get to that. We will get to that. Let's talk about what I thought was the biggest game of the day, and that was the two undefeated teams. And they still kept them at noon, even though they had a shot to put them at the, in the Sunday night football spot. Now, I think they ended up getting the Sunday night football game correct. We'll get to that because uh, yeah. that was a hell of a ball game. But Steelers 27, Titans 24. Titans come back and outscore the Steelers 17-3 to in the second half after getting kind of dominated early on. Uh, this was, you know, an interesting game. Interesting game. Uh, Steven Goskowski had a chance to tie the game and take this thing to overtime. And had the Titans been able to get the win, they would have been the only team in history to come back from a 20-point deficit against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, as far as interesting stats in this game, thought you'd find this interesting. Pittsburgh was 13 out of 18 on third down in this spot. Now, we talk all the time about whether or not... Um, <laughs> Terry said, Gary, your Steelers looking like a real team after all the stuff Chris has talked about. Um, yeah, I I still don't know what to make of them. Like, 18... So, there's one thing to be said about third downs and if you're really effective at them. And if you're a really good NFL quarterback, you were able to convert third downs. Like, if you've got third and seven, third and ten, or whatever, you have to be able to stand in the pocket and throw a dart, right? you got to be able to do that. And so, Roethlisberger was able to do that pretty frequently in this spot. However, what does it say about your offense when you have 18 third downs in a ball game? Like, it, that's what I'm curious about. I don't know that this tells us a whole lot about either team. Like, I think Tennessee was the better team in the second half. I think Pittsburgh was the better team in the first half. And 
Ed, and we'll toss it up after that. I, I don't think this loss necessarily kills uh, Tennessee, and and I don't know that it says that Pittsburgh is is the best team in the AFC right now. It's just it's so hard. I, I know that I keep harping on the fact that I don't think the Steelers are a good team. To say they're not a good team is wrong. Okay, they're obviously a good team. Are they a great team though, man? I don't think so, dude. Ben Roethlisberger still had three interceptions and or three turnovers. I don't. I, one of them. Yeah, it was, it was three. It was three interceptions. Three interceptions, and and there were a couple that the Titans dropped. Like he's still going to give you a chance to to turn the ball over. I mean, he's averaging two interceptions a game. That's what Jameis averaged last year, and he got thirty. He broke a record. Like I, they have playmakers all over the field at the skill positions. But I still don't know that Connor's a great running back. I don't know that their run game is great. I think that you're so afraid. The linebackers are playing so off the ball and so much in coverage because of the receivers that they're they're just seeing nothing but but six and seven man boxes. Um, that offensive line is good enough to open up some holes. And Connor's not a terrible running back, so he's he's doing some things. But he's he's not he's not world beaten, and Ben's not world beaten. I, I would say that the defense is really good. But that defense has made a ton of mistakes, too, and they've given up a lot of points to bad quarterbacks. But when they play good offenses, they seem to shut them down. And it's one of those things where do you think that they just kind of pick and choose when they show up and when they don't? Because I still can't figure out how the hell they gave up 29 points to the Eagles. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. But the Eagles haven't scored more than 21 against anybody else, and they've played some shit defenses. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they they scored 22 on the Giants. Now, they got to win. But yeah, twenty two points on the, Giants? on the Giants. The Giants defense is awful. Yes. Okay, and the Steelers they score twenty nine. And I'm supposed to think the Steelers have the best defense in the league. I none of this makes sense to me. The math just isn't adding up any which way outside of the fact of the the you know the black and gold. They have the name of the Steelers. They have Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin, and they're supposed to be good. And so they're six and zero. Oh. And I don't know how to argue with that, but I'm. And I'm not the stats guy. I'm not the analytics guy. I'm the guy of watch the game and tell me what you see. If you took the score off the game, which you can't do, I'm going to tell you they don't look great, but they're 6-0. and And so that's pretty damn hard to argue with. Now you've got that right. Uh, moving on, the Panthers and the Saints. Uh, Saints win this one 27-24. Uh, it was interesting. It was interesting. Alvin Kamara, 14 carries, 83 yards. Drew Brees had 287 yards passing, two touchdowns. Uh, you know, the Panthers were right there in it. You know, this was a good cover for for both of us. I I don't know that I learned a whole I don't the Saints aren't dominant. The Saints are kind of like the Steelers, right? They don't dominate anybody, uh, but they're not getting beat by anybody either, really. You know, it, it's just I don't know. I don't know what to make of either of these teams right now. So it, it, do you have any insight on this? No, no, I don't think the Saints are great. I think Alvin Kamara is unbelievable, but I, but I don't think the Saints are great by any stretch of the imagination. I think the Panthers are good. You know, I I, I think they lost this week and that kind of sucked. Um, I thought they could win the game. I thought they would win the game. Um, Drew Brees still just doesn't look great to me. I mean, yeah, you know, you, you can say, oh well, he doesn't have his weapons. Once again we don't give Aaron Rodgers a pass for not having good weapons. We never got, gave Tom Brady a pass when he was in New England for not having good weapons. Like, lots of great quarterbacks have been great without weapons, okay? So, at some point in time, you still have the best running back in football. One of the best I've, I've ever seen in my life, the way he carries a team in today's day and age of football where you just don't do things through the running back. It, 
every time they need a big third down play, it doesn't matter if it's third and four, if it's third and 10, if it's third and 14. Alvin Kamara gets the first down on third down. Everybody on the field, no, the, all 11 defensive players know Alvin's getting the ball and they can't stop him from getting to the sticks. It's the damnedest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, we'll move on. Let's talk about the Bills and the Jets really quick. Uh, Tyler Bass for the Bills, the kicker. Six out of eight on field goals. He missed from 37. He missed from 45. And he ended up, uh, let's see. He kicked from, let me let me give you these, uh, these yardage totals here. Uh, I mean, it's like I thought maybe it'd be one of those where they just got down there and they said, all right, well, three points and one is this ballgame. Nope. Uh, no, he kicked one from, let's see, 53 yards, 48 yards, 46 yards, 37 yards, 29 yards, and 40 yards. So the 29-yarder, yeah, you probably could have done that, but at that point it puts you up by 15 as opposed to 12. So you're not going to get beat by a field goal there. Uh, this, like, no touchdowns. For Josh Allen in that offense, they are—they're five and two, but they are on the decline right now. Like we—we we saw him kind of get whipped the last two games against the Titans and um, uh, the Chiefs, and they—they kind of got whipped in. It, I'm not going to say they got whipped in this game, but for the Jets' defense to hold you out of the end zone, I mean that's kind of ridiculous, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's. Not what I was expecting. I thought this was going to be one of those kitchen sink games. Let's all get healthy. Let's all get right. We've looked like crap for two weeks. Let's go out here. Let's have fun. Let's kick the shit out of somebody. Okay. We know this team. We beat up on this team before. We're going to beat up on them again. That's what good teams do. And they just weren't able to do it. And it's really weird to me. I mean, there could be something just not right about this team. It could be the fact that they play two really good teams back to back. And, you know, this offense maybe is getting figured out. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Well, they, they got it the Pats. Did make sense. They got the Pats this weekend. They play at the Cardinals the next weekend. And, oh, no, sorry. They've got uh, uh, the Seahawks at home the next weekend. And then after that, they've got at the Cardinals. So you got three pretty tough games here. If you ain't careful, you can look, you can be looking at five and five. So, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see. But, man, that's, uh, that was a very interesting, interesting final for that one. Uh, Cowboys lose to Washington 25-3. to uh, Andy Dalton went out on a stretcher. That was just a dirty, ugly dirty play. I mean, rough, rough play. Rough, rough, and, rough hit. And the guy did not get suspended. He got a fine, but he didn't get suspended. So, I... Just weird. Just weird. Uh, let's see. Damian said, imagine if the Steelers had a, a B and Bell on the team. A-B. Yeah. Oh, A-B. Sorry. Uh, yeah, A-B and Bell. Yeah, but I... Man, those guys were so bad for the locker room. Like, I mean, well, but it, I mean, if he has those two guys, he doesn't have a couple of other guys. Like, they don't, yeah, you know. So it's, it's, it's a just, whole. Other it's a, it's it's their skill players are not the problem. They don't really have Ben's the pro. They it's hard to say they have any problems because they're six and zero. Oh. If they have a problem, it's Ben. I mean, he's the guy that's turned the ball over two to three times a game. Yeah, uh, Matt Miller it, said it ain't anybody else. <laughs> no, that's a, you're right. Matt Miller, okay, can Chris finally admit the Steelers are good, or are we going to wait the whole year? No, I, I think you admitted that. I, think I, did, admitted I said they're a good team. I, yeah. I can't figure out. I know their skill players are unbelievable. I know their defense is good. They don't look dominant. Not, they don't look dominant. I just can't figure out how they're six. How they've made it to 6-0, and scraping by all these games. But 
That's what it takes to win championships sometimes. Yeah, I you just get that. You got that right. Uh, Damien said, Bill makes, uh, Bill make, make crackhead look like geniuses. I don't know what that means. I'm sure he's talking about, I'm sure he's talking about Belichick and how the bills are going to look really good next week. Uh, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I'm certain of that. Uh, Matt Miller said the whole team, if they had any heart would have jumped Bostic. Yeah, that's So, uh, Mike McCarthy talked about this after the game. Is it possible McCarthy gets fired after one year? Yeah, I think I it think is that's too. Absolutely possible. This, this now, team quit. They are like they; those guys did not defend their quarterback at all. It was insane to me to see that. So here's here's the deal: the the problem that that they've got in Mike McCarthy, and I heard I don't know if it was the whoever was calling the game, or if it was uh, one of the one of the guys I listened to today afterwards talking about it, but he was they were talking about how. Um, you know, when, when you take over an organization like McCarthy did, you got to fire everybody. Like you can't keep anybody from the old staff. You've got to fire everybody. And, and how McCarthy's biggest flaw and mistake right now is the fact that that he's saddled with a, a defensive coordinator and an offensive coordinator that he didn't hire that were already on staff. And, and, and basically the entire staff McCarthy just left from, from Garrett. Yeah. And and they didn't fire anybody. I see that differently. Why I agree, you don't take the job unless you can bring your own people in. I 100% agree with that. My problem is, is I don't know that that was McCarthy's call. I think he was given the job because he's willing to keep those people. For yes. whatever reason, billionaire Jerry, who will spend a gazillions of For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Dollars on buildings and art and everything else does not value coaching at all, at all. Yeah. And he's always been one of the lowest paying coaches in the, uh, his, his coaches are always the lowest paying and, and he keeps them through their contract because he doesn't like to pay coaches that he fires. And, and I think it was part of the agreement. I'll take this job. I'll give you the job McCarthy, but you got to keep the staff because I've just re-upped all of them and I'm not, firing all them and paying all those guys. I'm just not doing it. Yeah. I think that was part of the deal. Now I would never take that job. I know it's hard to turn down one of the 32 jobs, but you can't take over a job in which the owner is making you keep the old staff when you're firing the old head coach. You just can't, you can't accept that job. Yeah. You, you, you can't, can't you it. can't build your organization that way. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's not possible. Uh, Darren McArdle said the Cowboys are through for the year. They're just waiting for the draft. Uh, look, next two games, they, they're playing at the Eagles, and they've got the Steelers the week after that. That so, Eagles game is a Sunday night football game. I, know. It, I thought Sunday night had the ability to flex for a reason. They they if do later t- in the year. It's, it, they they didn't do it if all they're year. Keeping, if they're keeping this game because of ratings, they have whored themselves out for ratings, and I hope it bites them in the ass. I love Chris and I love Al, but I hope it bites them right in the ass. Who, uh, You're going to ruin my Sunday night with that shit game? <laughs> who Who is the uh, – I didn't even see who the backup was that came in. Um, 
I don't I don't know. I just saw I just I didn't watch oh, a minute of this go. game. Uh, I just kept flipping back. Ben Danucci. All right. Uh played played football at James Madison. He was a seventh round pick last year, pick number two hundred thirty one. Uh he was two out of three for thirty nine yards. Do do we think that they're gonna sign somebody else to back him up? Or are they just gonna go an emergency quarterback thing? I mean, I don't think Andy's gonna play this week. I think it depends. I mean, they'll they'll have somebody waiting in the wings, but I I mean, they they may just roll with him for the rest of the season if they actually are just at the point where they're like, all right, we're just going to tank. Now they they really are in contention to to still win the division. Obviously, yeah. I mean, they got two wins. Um, they're in second place. The, like, the problem is, is I don't know if they are. I don't think they're a quarterback away. Like, if you gave them a really good quarterback, I don't know that that helps them. No, because they, even when Dak was there, they still they were putting up hellacious numbers. It was unbelievable. But they still weren't good as a football team. They, Zeke is bad. Zeke is just flat ass bad. They just gave up the second most points that the uh, that the Redskins, sorry, the, the Washington football team, football team football has team. Uh, has given up all year. Yeah. Like the so in the first game, Washington scored twenty seven points against the Eagles, and that was because they were gifted points. Uh, the Cowboys, of course you know, gifting points and whatever, but I don't know if it's necessarily gifting because they're just a terrible football team. Uh, Washington scored 25 on them. I mean, it just, you know, this is just a disaster for Dallas. Absolute disaster. Uh, So if they just want to, you know, pack up their stuff and go home, I mean, I I wouldn't be necessarily against it, you know, but at the same time. Here's the problem. If they they pack up, they're going to get a great draft pick, but what do they – they need more than a draft pick. I mean, that team is inept of talent. Like, they got skill players galore, but this is one of those situations where real-life fantasy football just don't work. No, they you need they an need, offensive line. They went from having yes. the best offensive line in the league to having the worst. Now, And they got to shore you, up that defense. And you pair that with the worst defense in the league, not just the worst defense in the league, the worst defense in 50 years. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Uh, Matt Miller said they're just solid at every position, great at nothing, really. The NFL is mostly close games. McCarthy should be fired, but the Cowboys aren't winning with Jerry Jones making the primary decisions. So, I mean, really, it may not even be McCarthy's fault. Like, I think some of it is, but, like, those guys aren't playing for him. And and a part, like like you said, a part of that is the fact that they kept around all those assistants, and now they've got a plethora of injuries. I mean, it's just, that's just a complete trash fire. Uh, let's see. Matt Miller said, uh, talking about the Steelers being solid all around, but at the same time, like Dallas has got good pieces. I mean, they do, but they, they have, they they have fantasy pieces though. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Uh, they don't have anybody. This game is played in the trenches. It, it, no matter how flashy and big and scoring it ever gets, it's always going to be won and lost in the trenches and their front seven and their offensive five offensive line. Those five are the worst in the league, and so therefore, there's not enough flash and 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 star power that you can put around a shit front seven and a shit offensive line and be any good at all. Terry said it's another Al Davis situation. The Cowboys will be shit until Jerry Jones dies. Uh, Damian said Jerry Jones is still having emotions uh, for firing Jason Garrett. That's why he doesn't want to cut any coaches. Uh, Damian, he don't want cutting coaches because he's cheap. It's yeah, just, that's, that's, a, that's all that is. is a that is a. It doesn't matter how much money that guy has. He's morally opposed to wasting money. 
He's yeah. morally opposed to paying people who aren't doing a job. Well, and, just and, and so, so Matthew Miller brings up a very interesting point here. He said all the guys they paid are bad now. Lawrence, Zeke, and Jalen Smith. Uh, Cooper has been pretty good. Uh, but that's but the thing. Don't cut any of them because he ain't paying somebody to not play for him. I know you, you're right about that. Uh, Trubisky to Dallas will give him up for free, said Damien. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you might get a draft pick out of it, or maybe <laughs> they're not a, they're not a quarterback away. So why give up an asset to get a player? I mean, you got to why even pay point? more salary to get a player? Right now, they get a they could get a, a practice squad guy to come in for three hundred grand. I mean, yep. Trubisky's going to cost you a couple million. I, I just think if you're this team, just just stop spending money. Just put guys out there the best you can, run it down, and and then and understand know, this ain't your year. Yeah, hopefully you can build it all back up. We thought this team was going to be awesome before the season started. Yeah, I had them in the Super Bowl. I didn't think I didn't think they were going to go Super Bowl good, but I thought they would win this division hands down. And I thought they would. I I knew their offensive line wasn't great. I, it wasn't what it used to be, but I I didn't know that it had fallen this far. I knew that defense wasn't going to be good. I knew they were going to be a Big Twelve kind of school or wherever a team where they just score a lot, can't stop anybody, but they could outscore a couple people, and you know they could go eight and eight, nine and seven, and win the division. I don't. I, I no one foresaw them being this bad. No. I agree. Like, I didn't see Zeke just sucking. And people talk about how, oh, well, he's got a terrible offensive line. Really? Because Chubb last year was the 32nd offensive line in Cleveland and was one of the best running backs in the league. Like, Barry uh, Barry Switzer, Barry Sanders has never had a good offensive line his entire career. Now, I know we're going back 20-something years. But, like, we've seen really good running backs who have a lot of talent be good in spite of their offensive line and the other players around them. The fact that Zeke is only good with a great offensive line tells me Zeke isn't good. Yeah. He doesn't need to be paid as well as he has been. Because I see a lot of running backs that, that nobody knows their names. If they have a good offensive line, they look great. Amazingly. The Patriots just roll new offensive linemen in. They roll new running backs in, and no one knows who they are. If you go down and you look at what what they're doing in Jacksonville right now, Jacksonville's offense, the team is not good. Their offensive line is pretty good. And so it's just next guy up. Who can run the football? That guy's going to lead the league in rushing. Like, you know, look at who uh, what, what the 49ers do. They should never pay a running back the rest of Kyle Shanahan's life ever because whoever they put in there, you don't know his name. They're going to pull you off the scrap heap, and, and, and you're just going to lead the league in rushing. And that's just what you're going to do. Matt Miller said, if I'm Dak, I'm not signing there. No, I'm, I'm 100% with him on Matt. Yep. This injury might be the best thing that ever happened to him. He gets paid this year. He doesn't get his $40 million that he wants with another team, but he might be able to pull – 25 to 30 million for like a small two or three year deal. Um, short terms, you know, prove it kind of thing, but go somewhere else. And it could be for a, a decent team. Hey, I'm going to tell you, if I was Dak, I'll tell you the team that, and the coach that I'd want to go play for. If I can't go play for one of these offensive minded gurus that are out here right now, are you going to say Zimmer? Nope. Okay. Nope. I'd stay in division. I'd go to Washington. That's not a terrible that, idea. That team is a quarterback away from being a really good football team. I do not believe in Kyle Allen. I am not a Kyle Allen fan. That team is a quarterback away from being pretty damn good. You well, I think they need some more some more skill well, guys. No, they're not perfect. They're not perfect. Yeah. They've got flaws, but they got a hell of a lot less flaws than Dallas. They got a hell of a lot less flaws than anybody else looking for a quarterback. Because you got to see who needs a quarterback. 
Okay. If you already have your quarterback that you've drafted or under contract, you, you're not in the DAC signing. All right. Yeah. You don't go to the Patriots because Bill ain't going to pay your ass. All right. You want to go work for cheap, then, then, then you can go to, to, to the Patriots, but there you won't have any weapons either. Um, Matt Miller said 49ers would be interesting. But the 49ers have J- Jimmy under contract. They would have to dump and eat a lot of salary. That's a team that's really good with the salary cap. You, you don't get good at the salary cap by eating salary. Let's see. Terry said, what about the Panthers? Mm, I think they're good with Teddy I, for a little while. I think Teddy Two Gloves is your guy, man. You don't go overpay on another high-risk injury guy. You've got your guy. Yeah. Uh, Carlos said Dak to the Bears would make sense. I don't think they would want to pay him that much money. That's the problem. The Bears are a lot like New England. You want to go there? Great. They're not paying you. No. You got to take a pay cut to go there. Those are just two organizations that just don't pay quarterbacks. Everybody else will come up with the money for you. Those yeah. two won't. Uh, Damian brings up an interesting question, and we'll get to that after this next game. The Packers uh, destroy the Houston Texans. Absolutely destroyed them. They were up twenty-eight to seven at the end of the third quarter. Ended up thirty-five to twenty. You know they gave up uh, two field goals and a touchdown late. Jamal Williams went ahead and scored a touchdown uh, with three forty left after the Texans had cut it to twenty-eight to thirteen. So. You know, this this was par for the course. This was a get-right game for the Packers. I don't think there's anything to uh, to break down there. Uh, the Buccaneers win at the Raiders 45-20, to uh, scored 21 fourth-quarter points to go ahead and put this thing away. Tom Brady, 33 out of 45, 369 yards, four touchdowns. And, uh, and Damian asks a question to Chris. He said, can you please explain why Tom Brady is so obsessed with psychopaths? God almighty. All right, I am not an Antonio <laughs> Brown fan. I understand that. Uh, That can be clear. But the problem is, is Antonio Antonio Brown a pain in the ass? Yes. Is Antonio Brown a nuisance? Yeah. Is he probably a pretty bad dude? Mm. If he did some of the things that that are reported that he's done, then then yeah, those aren't aren't good things. All right. Here's the issue. Does that mean the guy should never have friends again? That nobody should ever stand by him or, 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 you know, be a friend to him? And then the other thing is, does that mean that guy should never work again? So, so he should just, you know, we as society should just, you know, take care of him forever because, you know, we're not going to allow you to work. So how do you fend for yourself? Like, I'm okay with the guy working. I'm okay with somebody befriending somebody who's a problem. You know, I have friends who are always in trouble. I spend a lot of my time and energy cleaning up after them. I also have friends who, when I was a guy who got in trouble a lot, didn't just leave me by the wayside. And they took care of me and, and, and it's just what you do. So I think, I think Antonio Brown's kind of a piece of shit, but I, but I don't know that you just discard him off to an Island somewhere and just say, you know, you don't get to live with the rest of us. I think if the bucks are a good locker room, this is going to be a good spot for him. Like kind of like the Patriots were like, I, I think this is, I think this is a spot that he can kind of rehabilitate. Right. And, and I, I don't feel, um, I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that. Terry said, I feel that explanation, Chris, because I'm an asshole and you guys are still friends with me. It is That's true. Right. It is true. We keep you guys around. So a lot of you guys that jump in the comments may need to be rehabilitated. And that's why you're here. Because <laughs> we're just sitting around talking football and having a good time. Uh, Darren said, what are the odds of AB lasting longer than two weeks? I think really good. I think he's going to finish the season if he's there. Yep. I mean, I'll tell you this. I don't think they bring him in unless they've had hard conversations with him about you're going to come in and you're going to play football and you're going to shut the hell up. And if somebody puts a camera in your face, you're going to say, I'm sorry, no comment. 
have I'm have sorry. we seen no any comment. any contract numbers? No, I'm going to bet Nothing. it's low. I have got. I've seen. No, I know that he has signed, but I don't know what that means. And usually, by the time somebody has signed, we have some type of contract numbers floated out there. Even if it's rumors, the rumors are pretty close. I've seen nothing. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, you're. you're I do right think about it's that. a done deal, but I don't know what that means and what that looks like and money wise. Um, I, I will tell you, a guy that I don't think is very happy is Mike Evans. Mike Evans played like shit Sunday. Well, he and, he's been like that all season. And like he, I know he's been hurt a little bit. This is the first but, time. This is the first time uh, he like looked disgruntled. Like he looked like he wasn't trying on a lot of those routes, and it was a thing where you know I, I think that guy saw the writing on the walls and he doesn't like what's happening. And that is his locker room. He's been there through the bad and all the stuff. He put up with Jameis. He put up with all the stuff, and and he was the leader, and and it's changing now. But he got them to a point. And now somebody else has come in, and they're trying to get them to that next point. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I mean, it, look, this was all on Mike Evans. I mean, it, it's yep. his own fault. Like, <laughs> if, if you're playing well, they don't necessarily feel the need to bring in somebody like that. And they, these guys are not even comparable players. Like, they're just not no. similar at all. No, that's a, the like, guy that's going to get hurt in all this is a guy that's played his ass probably off. Probably deserves. Him. Nope. Who are you talking it's about? Gonna, it's going to be Scotty Miller. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Scotty Miller is going to lose his spot on the field, and Scotty Miller has done nothing to lose his damn job. He's been the best receiver out there. Yeah. He's been better than Goblin. That kid is unbelievable, and he's about to never see the field again. I think you're right. Terry said, damn, Gary, hoping for a little nah, you're not that big of an a-hole, but nope, just straight up agreed. Hey, <laughs> I don't know what I don't know why you would expect anything else, my friend. I don't know why you yeah. would expect anything else. Uh, Matt Miller said Tyler Johnson was playing well, too. And Damien said, A.B. doesn't need to be in the league. He needs mental help, not another concussion that might turn him into a serial killer like Hernandez. Sorry to say. Hernandez was a serial killer before he got to the league. Yeah, that was... That was all done in college. Yeah. Uh, And then Casey, but a lot of it. Casey jumped in and said, Scotty will get his snaps. And I I think he will. I hope so, because that guy has done nothing to lose his damn job. But I think... I think that's where AB is going to go. I think it's going to be Evans, Goblin, Scotty, Gronk as your base formation. You you might be right about that. That's that's what I think. Now that is base, so the other guys are going to get snaps. But right now, Scotty's getting every snap out of the base, and that's the problem. Is he he might get six snaps a game, and right now he's getting twenty five. Let's do a, a little projecting here. They play at the Giants next week. They got the Saints coming up at home. Then they've got at the Panthers, the Rams, the Chiefs, the Vikings, at the Falcons, at the Lions, and the Falcons to close out the season. It's really nice to play the Falcons twice in the last three weeks. Um, they got I the think Lions. The game they, they got the Panthers. I think the game they have to win is the game where the Saints come to them. I think without A.B., they are a better football team today than they were week one. They are worlds better than the Saints right now. I think you're right about that. Uh, speaking of worlds better, the Chiefs. Six and one now, forty-three to sixteen over the Broncos. This was never even a game. Nope. Um, it was twenty-four to nine at the half. Uh, jumped out to what uh, thirty to nine, and uh, and then they wrapped it up in the fourth quarter. It, it was never even uh, a competition. Uh, speaking of not a competition, 49ers, thirty-three to six over the Patriots. It was a bloodbath. I think the game was actually worse than that score indicates. Yes, sir. Uh, Cam Newton, nine out of fifteen passing, ninety-eight yards, three interceptions. It was ugly. It was terrifying. Jared Stidham came in and relieved him and was 6 out of 10 with 64 yards and a pick. Uh, It did not get any better. Damian Harris was the leading rusher. 10 carries, 58 yards. 
this was just not not good. Uh, it, it feels like when a team figured out what Cam was doing running the football, uh, that offense just completely sputtered. Uh, this was a full week of preparation. There were no excuses this go-round. That's right. Jimmy G came in, had 20 out of 25 passing, 277 yards, two picks. Like, the, the Patriots even got them to turn the football over. Jeff Wilson Jr., who you were just talking about, um, 17 carries, 112 yards, three touchdowns. Jamichael Hasty jumps in, nine carries, 57 yards. Kyle Juzizic, uh, is that right? Oh, I think that's uh, right. No, um, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me let me get there. I'll be able to pronounce it when I see it. It's, uh, it's four carries, 18 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, everybody was able to run the football here. And good gracious, uh, you got it. No, yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. So the Patriots had 47 offensive snaps. They had 47 snaps, Gary. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. And the only reason they got 47 is they went to uh, Stidham instead of Cam, and Stidham at least got them three first downs, which are extra snaps that Cam wouldn't have gotten them. Uh, this Cam, simple, Cam played pretty much the whole ballgame. So, so I can break this down. I can break this down very easily. Okay. And all these people say never bet on Cam again. Everybody on Cam. Be careful. Be careful with that. Here's there's a very simple math to tell you if the if the Patriots will win or if the Patriots will lose, or if at least the Patriots will cover or be in a competitive game, or right. if they will get blowed out. Okay. Here's here's a very simple math that you can do. Can they run the football? Because if they can run the football and you can't stop the run, then they are going to be very hard to beat. They, If they played Seattle tomorrow, they're going to play Seattle just like they played Seattle the first time. It's going to come down to the bloody end. They play KC tomorrow. It's going to come down to the bloody end. They can play those teams tough, not because they're better than those teams, not because those teams are worse than the 49ers whatever. If you can stop the run, you stop the whole train. They don't have another gimmick. They don't have another gag. They don't have another trick. That's it. They know how to run the football kind of good. And if they can run, if you don't stop the run, then they're going to be a problem for you. Doesn't mean they're going to win the game. They obviously didn't win against the Chiefs. They didn't win against the Seahawks. But, it, but they are going to be a problem. If you can stop the run, not only are they not going to be a problem, they won't get first downs. They only run 47 plays. Your defense will be so rested at the end of the game, you'll be able to shut down anything that they try. There's no trick play that they can run that'll that'll catch you off guard. Everybody will be in their positions ready to play, and nothing will catch you off guard at all. They are the easiest team in the world to defend if you can stop the run. It's, It's very simple math. I I love the guys in our chat. I just want you to know that. I mean, <laughs> I haven't read anything while I went on that rant, but I'm sure it was all extremely nice about the Patriots. It was no, no, no. They're they're not talking about the Pats at all. It is so. KCK jumps in and said, uh, "Pats had too many opt outs. Cam isn't good enough to carry them." Uh, Cruz said, "Oh, here we go. Chris is about to go off. Let's go. I'm awake now." <laughs> like I think everybody's been kind of waiting on this one. Uh, Casey said, I had Lions, Steelers, Cardinals, and Pats on a four-pack parlay. Uh, shake my head. Uh, Chris said, or uh, Terry said, Chris is really banging a drum over there. Yeah, it sounded like you hit a gong when you hit that uh, mic stand. <laughs> Casey said, I'm never betting on uh, Cam again. Um, let's see. Damien said, what's y'all's thoughts on the NFL finding the teams with COVID issues? Uh, I think that's fine. 
Okay, I don't have a problem finding them. I would not be forfeiting games or anything like that. It's it's a no. very dangerous precedent. Uh, Matt said Chris is like the little drummer boy, but instead he does it for the Pats and not Christmas. I want to go through the New England receptions. Okay, just just right quick. It won't take long. Okay. Okay. I, I'm just going to name the guys that had receptions in the game. Okay. Jacoby Myers. All right. I know Jacoby Myers. He's he's a really good second year player. Second year guy. I'm using, uh, I'm using the word really good pretty loosely, but go ahead. Yes. Uh, he had four receptions for 60 yards. Uh, Rex Burkhead, three receptions, 35 yards. Very good running back. Running back, yes. Very good. Uh, Demir Bird, one reception, 16 yards. He's a fifth-year guy out of South Carolina. I was just about to say, Bird uh, has probably been their most consistent <laughs> receiver all year. Julian Edelman, one reception for 13 yards. That's Julian's box score from here on out. One reception, maybe two. Yeah. And maybe a trick play throw. Damian Harris, one reception for 12 yards, another running Damian back. Damian Harris is going to be the best running back they have the rest of the league. He's not really a catch-the-ball guy, though. Uh, Ryan Izzo. Uh, Ryan Izzo is a tight end. He's a fat-ass tight end that they thought we could just replace Gronk with somebody who looks like Gronk. But, see, that's not really how this works. Nope. He was a 2018 seventh-round pick who is still on the roster. So, uh, Dalton Keene. A 2020 rookie uh, out of Virginia Tech, another tight end. Um, we got Nikhil Harry. You know, we we all thought good things from him. One reception for Nikhil six Harry's yards. done for the year. I I think you're right. Uh, James White, another and probably back. the rest of his life. By the way, yeah, James White, one reception for three yards, and Jacob Johnson, who uh, who is a fullback out of Tennessee. This is his second season. Those are your skill guys. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, that's that's so. What bothers me the most about Harry, and and maybe this isn't Harry's fault because he sucks. Uh, it's Bill's fault. Bill has never been great at drafting DBs or wide receivers. It's true, and and that like that's like his. That's just like his kryptonite. In a draft last year, not 2020, 2019, there are. No bust at the wide receiver position, except one. And uh, we got him. Cruz, Cruz said, Gary, uh, I mean, can you tell me the names again? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. You, you can find this on ESPN. It's very easy. <laughs> when James White only has one catch and he's the best receiver we have, he's the best route runner on the team right now, he's the most dependable guy on the team in the offense, that's not, that's not good. It's not good. The second most dependable and best is probably Rex Burkhead. Both of those guys are running back, so that kind of limits the amount of scheming you can do. And and Julian is just done. He's just done. He cannot separate anymore. He can only catch trash balls in the middle of the field because his body has just been in too many car wrecks. Yep, yep, you got that right. Uh, Justin Herbert gets his first win as the Chargers starting quarterback, 39-29 to over Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars, who have now lost six straight. Herbert, 27 out of 43, 347 yards, three touchdowns. James Robinson for Jacksonville, 22 carries, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Not bad. He had a receiving touchdown, too. Yeah, not bad at all. And then finally, the game of the night, the game of the day, the game of the weekend, whatever you want to call it, the Cardinals get the overtime win against the Seahawks. 37 to 34. Uh, this was a hell of a game. And Russell Wilson kind of showed that he is human. He is immortal. 
I'm uh, uh, let's see. Casey jumps in. Julian can be a solid number two or number three wide receiver. Uh, dude, he's just too old. Okay, he's yeah, just he's, he lost he, it. Father Father Thomas called. Wide receivers just don't last that long, especially wide receivers that have made a living going across the middle. Now you uh, you've got that right. I, lo- uh, I love Julian. I worship the guy, but I mean he sacrificed his body for my championships. But uh, he's uh, the game is, is is passing him on. Uh, Russell Wilson had six carries for 84 yards rushing, had a long of 34. Uh, Russ, my friend, 33 out of 50 passing, which is not bad. 388 yards, three touchdowns, but he also had three interceptions. And that three last picks, one cost him ma'am. the game. The so, last one cost him the game. That's correct. It's uh, He's mortal, and that's good to see. But, it, you know, one bad game is not going to kill you. That DK Metcalf run back to catch Buda Baker was absolutely absurd. That's like, the most athletic thing I've seen on a football field all year, maybe. Uh, yeah, I would say so. And it, and it shows the drive the, that, the, that kid the, has. The, the, the Brandon Acuna, uh, Brandon Acuna, Brandon, uh, holy crap, what's his last name? And maybe it is Acuna. They got from 49ers. Yeah, How yeah, do yeah, I say yeah. his last name? Yeah, I think I think that's right. I think, I mean. It's Acuna? I, no, it's a. Uh, Ayuk, or whatever. Ayuk. Ayuk. I, it's, a, it. it's Ayuk. I know what it is, and I know Acuna's not right. It's a baseball player. Um, uh, yeah, it's Ayuk. I've been, I've, been talking, I've been talking way too much Braves right now with my friends. Um, yeah, <laughs> Brandon Ayuk did, like, he hurdled a guy the other day, and I know guys hurdle people all the time. Uh, this guy didn't come in diving. That guy came in standing upright. He cleared him standing upright and, like, didn't dive to do it. Like, he went straight up, straight down, landed, and then, like, kept running. Um, that's the most athletic thing I've ever seen anybody do on a football field. This is the second most athletic thing I've seen this year. Uh, let's see. Casey said, had Cardinals money line. Kingsbury drove me up the wall with that field goal on second down. Yes. Uh, I, I had Cardinals money line and Cardinals plus three and a half. Gary. I, how many times have we been telling people, why the hell are they trusting kickers? Oh, you you got me. I, I don't understand it. I mean, I that, that made no sense to it's, me. It's second down. Let's just kick the field goal now. Let's just quit playing football. Let's just stop doing what we do for a living, and let's let somebody who's a kicker defi- decide the game it's for like, us. It's like, let's, yeah, let's let this kicker Everything decide the game. Everything I know about football karma says the Cardinals should have lost after that. Yeah, because but uh, here's, you here's not thing. be able to win the game after you do something that's stupid. If you're a coach and and you've and you're setting it up for the kicker when you have Kyler Murray who is playing really damn well, you got DeAndre Hopkins, you got Chase Edmonds doing all right. You, you know, Kenny oh, Drake Edmonds was out by was this point. Chase Edmonds was getting like six yards a touch. Yeah, it, not he, all right. I mean, he was gashing folks. Eleven point six yards per carry, just insane. Just insane. I don't, I don't understand what in the hell the game has gotten to. So, um, there's. I listen to a couple other podcasts. This is not a football podcast. It's a comedy kind of podcast. I'm not going to talk about the guy. He's a little controversial, and I don't want to really get into the bullshit of that. But he has a philosophy, has an argument. This is not an original thought to me. That's all I'm trying to say. He has an argument that first he gets pissed off that the uh, when field goals go over the uprights, but you can't tell was it in or was it out, he's like, it's – like piping is not that expensive. Raise the goalpost another twenty feet. Like, why don't we just raise the goalpost to where a ball will never go over them? Like, that's not that hard. That and, makes sense. And that to way, me. we always know: is it in or is it out? Did he make it or did he not? Um, because you never get like really good angles, and then you just got to trust that the referee got a good eye on it or was paying attention because they do that a lot, right? Um, <laughs> and and. So now, but after years of bitching and complaining that the league won't raise the goalpost, he's 
he thinks kickers are way too important. I agree a million percent. So now I'm going to talk as if this is my opinion, but it's not my original thought. I, I think kickers are way too important in football right now. And we need to govern that down big time. And here's how we're going to do that. We're now going to make the goalpost a box and you can't go over <laughs> it and you can't go under it. You got to get it in. The, there is no going up. So I don't have to worry about them raising the goalpost anymore. I just want a net that goes around the goalpost. And if it gets in the net, it's good. If it goes outside the net, it's not good. You don't get to kick it over. I'm tired of kickers mattering too damn much in the game. I'm tired of it. Hey, you know, so arena football does it where, you know, they've got the netting outside of the uh, outside of the field goal post. Okay. Uh, and then it can be returned if, if they miss it. If it so. hits the net and comes <laughs> yeah. back, you can catch it. So I don't, don't want to change the game completely. <laughs> I just want to make kicking harder so we stop trusting kickers. Yeah. If we make it harder for them to make these kicks – more coaches will they'll keep playing football and they'll keep letting the guys that deserve to determine the outcome of the game determine the outcome of the game. Yes. Agreed. That's all I want. That's all I want. I want kickers value to be diminished as much as humanly possible. Uh, Casey said, can't believe how far DK fell in the draft. Matt said, DK Metcalf runs like a track and field Olympic runner. Yeah, he was insane. Uh, Cruz said, do you guys remember when Jerome Simpson jumped over that guy when they played against the Cardinals? That was crazy. I do yeah. remember that actually. Yeah, that was pretty um, pretty freakish. People jump over everybody now, so the the hurdling guys today isn't a big thing. When I saw Ayuk do it a couple of weeks ago, I don't even remember what game that was, but excuse me, when I saw Ayuk do it, it it was like we're not the same species. Like we did not come from the same genes at all. Like I I know we're both humans, but I feel like we're not. I feel like I am I am evolved to here, and he has hit another level of evolution. That's not just a he works out, and he's in really good shape, and he's maybe genetically gifted, and I'm a fat slob, and I don't put in work. There's no amount of work that I could have ever done or genetic giftedness or HGH and steroids for me to be able to do what he did. Oh, it's so, and what's crazy is we're talking about how good DK Metcalf is and how fast yeah. he is and whatever. You know, yeah. they're all Casey talking about, I can't believe uh, that he fell that far in the draft, you know, all this kind of stuff. He had two catches for 23 yards. So it, it wasn't well, like he had a, a great game. Problem. Well, hold that's on. That's a Russell problem. Hey, but, but hold on. Tyler Lockett, on the other hand. Now, Tyler had an unbelievable Woo-hoo, game. 15 receptions, 200 yards receiving with three touchdowns. No, Tyler had an unbelievable game, and that catch for the touchdown, the late touchdown, the last touchdown I guess they scored, was just a skill of Tyler Lockett's unbelievable. You want to talk about the difference between two receivers that just make the perfect marriage? I kind of thought we were going to get Evans and Goblin like this. No, these these two gentlemen are are really good and they're both completely different at what they do i do think that russell did not get dk nearly as involved there are areas of the field where it doesn't matter if he's covered or not i used to say this about larry fitzgerald all the time they can't cover air like it's against the law for them to you could put five guys around him throw it six feet over his head nobody else can go up as high as him he's the greatest athlete on the field right now it's insane it, they, it really they can't is block up there. So just throw it up there and let him go get yeah. it. Now you're you're dead on. You were right about that. So uh let's see. Devin said uh or sorry, Darren McCardle said Cleveland cost me a win because of a missed extra point. Uh 
let's see. Cruz said, Chris is talking about evolution. You know your podcast is good when Chris is talking about the evolution of humans. And Casey said, Lockett is the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. I completely agree with the Lockett most underrated receiver in the league. Yes. In the league right now. I agree with that. And never bet against Joey Covers. I believe never, that. Never. He is 6-0 and against the spread. That's it. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I guess it depends on where you got one of those games because I think he might be 5-0-1. But one way, of those games he pushed if you got the closing line, if you got the last, the worst number possible, but yep. every number up to the worst number possible, he covered. So covered. Yeah. No, he's, he's I don't know that you call that a push. I think think you can call that a dub. We'll, we'll call it a W. We'll call it a W, at least on this podcast for show. All right, I think we're going to go ahead and get out of here. That should yep. uh, that should wrap up the the recap. We're both going Bears this evening. Hopefully, all of your tickets cash tonight. Uh, good talk about Habib and whether or not McGregor should be fighting for the title, et cetera, et cetera. Today was a good show. Today was a good show. We appreciate everybody that jumped in. You guys are fantastic. Thank you for coming over and checking out the show. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. We have two podcast exclusives every single week. They don't show up on YouTube. They don't show up on uh, all the other stuff. Uh, Cruz said, one and seven, go Giants. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Good hey, gracious. man, I thought the Jets were going to get a W, which would have put the Giants right back in the uh, Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. You got that right. I do not think the Jets are getting a W this year. <laughs> Terry, of course, uh, calling it out for the rest of uh, the rest of the listening audience. Drink your seltzer water. And like, share, and tell your friends. Yes, 100%. I finished up my seltzer. I'm all good. I am, I am replenished. I'm good to go. All right. I'm ready to go watch some, uh, some Monday Night Football. So, let me get out of here. Good gracious. Go over to winningcureseverything.com. You guys know what to do over there. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and on any of these fine platforms that we go live on. Periscope, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, again, podcast, podcast, podcast. We have our record now the most downloaded month in the history of the Winning Cures Everything podcast. We are kicking it, and we can't thank you guys enough for that. So we do appreciate your support and whatnot. Go over to sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. We will be live over there tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, giving our picks for the college football weekend along with the deep dives into the biggest games of the weekend. It's going to be a good time. Make sure that you uh, jump into their Sportsbook Review YouTube page. You can search it out, sbrpicks.com. With that said, we are getting out of here. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. We'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.